Well, if you were Mary, what would you do? She left town in a big hurry. We don't usually hear the story this way, but it is possible, you know. You've heard the saying, head for the hills. That's pretty much what she did. Just a day or two before she had an encounter, a potentially terrifying encounter with a messenger from God who said to this unmarried girl, basically, hey, guess what? You're pregnant. Now, we don't really know about Nazareth that much, but it was a small town, and you know about small towns. And she was suddenly a young, single, pregnant girl. And this may be one reason why she hightailed it for the hills. Also, she had family in the hill country, Elizabeth and Zechariah. And Mary knew Elizabeth was also pregnant under extraordinary circumstances. An older woman who was miraculously straddling two wards in the hospital, one foot in the geriatric ward and the other one in the nursery. So here's Mary with this new life growing inside her and an implausible, incredible story to tell. A virgin, pregnant, wink, wink, right. So maybe Elizabeth would understand. I mean, she herself was expecting a miracle. Don't get me wrong, every baby is a miracle. But you you got to admit that these two women had something more going on. So off she goes to the Judean hills. And when she arrives at the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth, something really remarkable happens. She calls out to them. She greets them. What'd she say? Yoo-hoo! It's me, Mary! I don't know what she said. She probably did not say, Assalamu alaikum. She probably did not say, Salam ji, Elizabeth Baji. That was for these folks over here. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't say that. We don't know what she said. But what happened next... I think is the main thing for today. Upon hearing Mary's greeting, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped. Now, let's just pause here for a moment. About half of us in this room never would or never will be able to experience such a thing, right? But some of you here could tell us something about this. We usually refer to this as quickening or as a baby kicking because it's likely that this movement involves the the limbs with the largest muscles being used and kicking. I've been told 
that this kind of thing can range from a feeling of fluttering to an all-out event that can take mom's breath away. But I wonder, I wonder if this were more. Remember, the storyteller here is Luke. Luke, who has been famously described as not only an evangelist and historian, but also physician, doctor, Luke. He chose the word eskertesin here in the Greek, and this is its only appearance in the New Testament. Greek scholars call this a hapax legomena. It's the only time that this, that this word appears in the New Testament. And the only possible translation of this word is leaped, <laughs> or leaped for joy. Now, Luke knew the other word. He knew the word for kick. He used it in Acts 26. Latizo. So, all this to say that it's possible that her baby didn't just kick. Really. I mean, it's perhaps something more than movement that took her breath away. In fact, it inspired her. Because the next thing we read is that the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, came into her and filled her. And she exclaimed with a loud voice, you ready? Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? And as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. <laughs> All this from a yoo-hoo. <laughs> I, you know, I'd like to think about what Elizabeth is doing here, other than yelling. <laughs> Most sermons, and even a lot of the Bible commentaries, they rush on to how Mary responds, for good reason. I mean, after all, it's the Magnificat, what Mary says. But can we just stop here for a minute? What happens in this Judean hilltown home of Elizabeth and Zechariah is really significant, I think. And Elizabeth could have simply said, ouch! <laughs> she, or, or, wow, that was strange. Or, you, you know, this baby is really going to be something. <laughs> you know, his name is John, and his father is still speechless. I mean, she had a lot of things she could have said. But there are... No, she allowed the Holy Spirit to direct her to say something to Mary. Something really important, something hugely encouraging. Here's what I want us to notice. When the Holy Spirit spoke through Elizabeth, what she said was something encouraging. Something not about herself, but about Mary and her child. Something I've noticed about the times I've been aware of the power and the filling of the Holy Spirit, highly recommended, 
in the midst of saying something encouraging to someone, it is especially present. In fact, it's happening right now, actually. Folks, encouragement is so important. The Holy Spirit loves to speak through us encouraging words. And the New Testament teaching is really clear on, and strong on this point. I mean, read the book of Hebrews, chapter 10 especially. Let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Read Paul's writing. He says this over and over and over. Encourage one another. Encourage one another. Encourage one another. Encouragement is actually one of the spiritual gifts that is overtly named in Romans chapter 12. The word is parakaleo, exhortation, and it means to urge or to encourage. It's a spiritual gift. Exactly what Elizabeth is doing here with Mary. Encouraging words. Perhaps you sense that you have this gift of encouragement. If so, here's a word for you this morning. Put your gift to work on a regular basis. Use it. How? One of the first things required is to get your attention off yourself. Think of it. Elizabeth has one of the most amazing things in the history of God's relationship with the world happen to her. I mean, she's following in a line of women who are famous for miraculous pregnancies. Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, the, um, the mother of Samson, the judge, Hannah, Samuel's mother, all of these women were barren and then were given a child in a miraculous way. And so Elizabeth, here she is. She's following in this grand tradition. She had good reason to stay focused on her own story. But no, she had the rare ability to focus beyond herself and spoke these amazing words to a young pregnant girl. What do we say about a young pregnant girl? She's a girl in trouble. She speaks these words, words that may have kept her on her feet. This is what words of encouragement can do. They can keep one from falling. And this is why it's so important. Here's something else I've noticed this week while studying this passage. Mary had a part herself in being encouraged here. If she would have stayed home in Nazareth, this whole thing would have never happened. But she, with haste, went to a place where encouragement was possible. Listen, if you're discouraged... One of the worst possible choices is to stay in solitude. Sometimes the secret to getting through a time of desolation in your life is to put yourself in a place where consolation is possible. And you can do this by intentionally staying in community, by being with 
others. Don't try to go it alone. Can you think of a time when you were discouraged? And then found yourself encouraged? My guess is that it was likely related to some word of encouragement spoken to you by a friend or family. It's just, it's just how it works. Words of encouragement. I want to be this kind of person. Able, willing to be selfless enough to notice when someone needs words of encouragement. Somebody that God has brought into my path. Chris was telling me about something that happened to her a couple weeks ago. She was in a school in South Seattle. The Seattle Children's Course is expanding down into the Rainier Valley and uh, just starting this amazing program for, especially for kids who can't afford to get into the Seattle Children's Course. They've uh, gotten some funding and some grants to be able to scholarship kids and get this, this South Seattle branch going. And so Chris has been going from school to school to school to school to talk to administrators and music teachers and trying to spread the word down there. And um, when she was leaving the church office, you know, you go to, I mean, church office, school office, you know, when you go to a school these days, it's standard operating procedure, you sign in. There's a sign-in book. Everybody signs in and signs out. Well, um, Chris abs uh, accidentally grabbed the sign-in book and left. <laughs> yeah, left, yeah, left, came all the way back up here and realized she had the book with her. So she she called and said, I have your, your volunteer sign-in book. I'm so sorry. And they said, okay, just bring it back when, you know. So she went back, I think the next day or a couple of days later, and um, took the book back, and, and, and the, the uh, school secretary was there, and she handed her the book. And the secretary, um, you would have thought that she gave her $1,000. She said, oh, God bless you for bringing this back all the way from Marysville. Thank you so much. Chris said she walked out of that, that office. That it just made her day. Just those words of encouragement from, from someone she really didn't even know. And thought, wow, that is so powerful. We had a real dark time in our lives about 12 years ago. I've told this story before, so I won't tell it again. But there was one conversation that actually happened over the phone. I was talking to a friend about all the difficult things that were happening in our life and in our family. And my friend said these words, don't you dare imagine that this is the last chapter of your family's story. I really needed to hear those words. And they kept me on my feet. Encouragement comes in a lot of different forms. And here's the thing. Ultimately, encouraging words bring joy. And you can see it in this scene between Mary Elizabeth and their yet-to-be-born babies. The baby, John, leaps for joy. Elizabeth's exclamation is joyous. Mary's response the Magnificat 
is one of the most joyous utterances in history. My soul magnifies the Lord, she says, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. This from a young girl who had every reason in the world to be worried and down. And yet, and yet, she's joyful. I pray for you to have this in your life this Christmas. I pray for this in our fellowship here at Mountain View. Encouragement. Freely given. Gladly received. Encouragement given and received. And joy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the way that your Holy Spirit delights in bringing joy. So this morning, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill us, fill us to overflowing. We pray that you would come upon us with fire, the fire of encouragement, the fire of wisdom, of joy, especially, God, for those who are struggling with whatever it is this Christmas season. Help us put ourselves in a place to receive it, Help us put ourselves in a place to give it. Lord, as we give to you this morning, we pray that you would take our, our offering of ourselves, our finances too, Lord, and that you would multiply them for your glory. We pray it through Christ. Amen.